This is a Poets and Writers page one author reading. To hear more, visit us at pw.org forward slash multimedia or at soundcloud.com forward slash poets and writers. The Yeti crab Kiwa Puravita dances to live. It makes its home by a methane seep at the bottom of the ocean, where cracks in the seafloor emit gas like a smoke machine. This particular species was first discovered in the seas surrounding Costa Rica, crawling around a mud volcano nicknamed Mound 12. The tip of Mound 12 crests approximately 160 feet above the seafloor, as tall as Paris's Arc de Triomphe. Kiwa Puravita crabs, clams, and tube worms take refuge on its sloping sides, bathing in the methane and hydrogen sulfide gases burbling out from the seep. But Kiwa Puravita is the only one dancing. The crab waves its enormous claws, each porcupine with prickly setae, above its head. Their rhythm is slow but sure, claws swinging back and forth, shimmering almost like a mirage within the heat of the gases. When scientists first filmed Kiwa Puravita's strange movements, they were struck by this comical dance. There was no other word to describe what the crabs were doing, swaying with such intention, very unlike other crabs. They found the crabs' mossy bristles teemed with a garden of chemosynthetic bacteria, tiny organisms that extracted food from the chemicals of the seep. The carbon isotopes and fatty acids of the crab's body revealed its diet consisted mainly of bacteria, rather than anything that made its life by photosynthesis. The scientists realized then that when the crabs danced, they were farming the bacteria clinging to their bristles. Waving their claws back and forth ensured water with fresh oxygen and sulfides would bathe them, nourishing the bacterial meadow. The crabs were farming their own food at the bottom of the seafloor, miles from the sun. Wouldn't dancing all day and all night make any creature, crustacean or not, tired? But according to the researchers, dancing doesn't exhaust the crabs. After all, they wouldn't dance unless it gave them energy. Two months after I moved to Seattle, an acquaintance from college invited me over for dinner. We'd never been close, but her presence and her space radiated warmth. I rambled about everything and she listened patiently before asking me if I'd heard of a monthly party called Night Crush. It was thrown by queer people of color for queer people of color, she said, adding that her friend performed at the party, go-go dancing for tips. She told me it happened the first Saturday of every month, meaning the next day. On the bus ride back home, I scrolled so deep through Night Crush's Instagram that I missed my transfer. Photos of mostly people of color dancing in mesh, sequins, strappy thongs, and unitards. The dancers were black, brown, Asian, mixed, fat, in wheelchairs and out of wheelchairs, all glittering. Scrolling, I could almost feel the sweat. We showed up embarrassingly early. The bouncer was eating a ham sandwich by the DJ booth and had to be called to stamp us. We walked to the dance floor, a large black box crowned with a glinting disco ball, and watched the DJ spin Rihanna to the empty room. Vocals glancing off the walls, from a booth decorated with a banner reading, Pay Me, Do Not Fetishize Me. I danced so hard all night that I didn't pee. My sweat made me as moist as a salamander. There were moments when the whole room vibrated together and I could have sworn my feet left the ground, lifted by the body swaying and shrieking around me. <laughs>